What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I'm going to be a man-eating shark come May. That's right, we are here at episode 80. We're going to share our thoughts on Life is Strange 2, as well as our, you know, our thoughts on the Game Awards. So uh, we're going to be talking about that and so much more. But Liz, how you doing? Um, good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had an, an eventful day, and I have an extremely eventful day tomorrow, so I'm really just wishing tomorrow Ooh. would come. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I right have on. tons of errands to run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to be at work. I'm going to be going to the DMV, going to the notary, going to the post office, going to the liquor store, going to yeah. CVS, going to the dollar store, going to a secret place that you can't know because then you'll know your Christmas present. Then I'm going to go to the coffee place and then I'm going to go to laundromat and then I'm going to come home. I think you're going to get home before me. Probably. <laughs> That's probably true. So we're going to both have eventful days. Yeah. Because uh, working uh, weekends at a diner is just... Oh, yeah. It's a lot. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a job. It is. Can't complain. But um, yeah, so we got a lot to talk about, so I won't uh, keep the intro uh, too long because we do have a, a lot to talk about. We do. Yeah. So just want to remind everybody as you're watching or listening to this that we can uh, be found on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you be friends with us there, follow us individually, and, you know, start a conversation with us. That'd be cool. Yeah. And also, you can find us on Instagram, Games of Groceries, all one word, where you can check out behind-the-scenes photos, little gaming memes that pop up every now and again. And, uh, you know, I'll put up a midweek speak question where I ask you a question on Twitter and Instagram every single week on Fridays afternoons until Sunday afternoons. And I want to get your feedback until uh, we make the midweek speak. In the midweek and Wednesdays. Yeah. Check it out. And then you can also check out our website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the uh, podcasts from the website, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast on the website and check out some articles that I've written. I actually just wrote a article. An article. Not too recently. I mean, recently. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just got back into the writing game. Uh, the, the whole trailer of I Am Jesus Christ... Uh, came out, and so I decided to reach out to the developer behind it. Uh, his name is Maxim. I believe I pronounced it right, and I emailed him some questions, and I wrote an article about his answers. So definitely check out the website, gamesgrosses.com, to read his answers about, um, you know, I Am Jesus Christ. Yeah. That game. So, uh, and finally, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, definitely consider hitting that subscribe button and a notification bell. Uh, if you're so inclined so that you're up to date when all these podcasts come out, as well as the midweek speak and the Let's Plays, uh, definitely check that out. You know, it's right down there. I think I'm pointing in the right direction. Uh, subscribe as well as the notification bell so that you know when it is. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or any other audio form, uh, definitely hit that subscribe button or, you know, uh, any kind of notification that you're listening to us on. Uh, we're on Podcast Addict. I didn't know that. Never heard of it. 3% of our listeners listen to us on Podcast Addict. So that's pretty Go cool. Go you 3%. Yeah. Woo. Awesome. So I think that's all we need to say. Yep. Cool. So let's start with our first segment. Movie Minutes. 
Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, and we like to, you know, review it every, every so often. And we like to find it on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, or on Disney+. Plus. And then we like to review it for you, recommend it, or don't recommend it. But, you know, it's the holiday season. We've been re- reviewing Christmas movies. Wow. Instead of 1 to 10 uh, as an actual movie, uh, we like to write it 1 to 10 jingles. You know, 10 being Elf, 1 being... Uh, it's actually Fight Club, and you're and you're not sure if it's a Christmas movie or not because you know, um, it's a, it's a Fight Club actually. The number one rule: don't don't say it's a Christmas movie. I think I think that's how the movie goes. But uh, instead, this Christmas movie can be found on Netflix, and it's actually called The Holiday Calendar. Yeah, Liz, opening thoughts. It was a cute Hallmark esque movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, but if mm-hmm. you're a Vampire Diaries fan, oh, the girl who plays Bonnie Bennett plays the main female, plays a female lead in this movie. So, oh, Bonnie Bennett, yeah, she's the witch in Vampire Diaries. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite shows. Right on. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you're like okay then. Cool. <laughs> uh, so my first note in this movie is that. I think it's very similar to Last Christmas, which we rated four out of ten jingles. Yeah. Uh, Last Christmas was a theater-released movie uh, not too long ago. I think it was like November or something. On moving day, November 8th. Oh, yeah, November 8th. But, um, yeah, so it's similar to the plot of Last Christmas where, you know, it's this kind of like run down, like my dreams are in sorrow kind of mm-hmm. girl. But then she gets pumped back up by Optimistic Cutie. And uh, it's similar in that way where uh, we okay. So last Christmas, the 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 problem with that character is that she wasn't really relatable. Uh, she was kind of reckless with her life, and she was like at the bottom of her life, you know, mm-hmm. rock bottom. It wasn't so relatable to everybody. But in this movie, the the girl who's down on her luck, you know, with her dreams, is that. Mm-hmm. You know, she tried her dreams and she thinks she can't make it. So she just runs these kind of odd jobs, photography jobs. So it's a lot more relatable. It's a lot more realistic and grounded. And the optimistic cutie is a lot more realistic because he's optimistic and a cutie. And he's doing his dream. Yeah. Which happens to also be hers. That's the thing. He's a travel blog person. But yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's it's very similar to the last Christmas, but I think it's handled better. It, it's mm-hmm. a it's a lot more relatable. It's a lot more fun too yeah. to watch, and, and that's yeah. what I like about this movie. If if you didn't like Last Christmas, I think you'll consider liking Holiday can, uh, Calendar in that way. But what what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. They they have mildly similar plot points. But yeah, I definitely think Holiday Calendar Calendar did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's funny that I just noticed mm-hmm. is that they call it holiday calendar, but yeah. they do acknowledge it's in, they call it an advent calendar right. in the movie. I feel like they were scared to name it the advent, advent calendar. calendar so yeah. they think less people would watch it if they had titled it advent calendar. It's weird. But they call it an advent calendar in the movie. Now the p- I just wanted to point that out. It just like popped into my head. I was like, what in the world? Now, Adam, why is it called holiday calendar? Why is it called Advent? Because the Advent calendar that's in the movie is a it's a very old style 
a European advent mm-hmm. calendar that pops up and it gives you it little has toys. Little toys in it. And it's supposed to be magical and it's supposed to like tell the future and yeah. all this junk. And and that's what this movie is all about. It it, it has no a, mystery. You know what's going on the whole time. And that's the thing. It's a super simple, but yet super sweet kind of plot mm-hmm. in that way where it actually it tries to teach us don't go into fate. Don't go into Christmas magic to mm-hmm. run your life. Yeah. And, and in all actuality, like the, the Christmas fate actually ruins your life. Yeah. It kind of because uh, the, the main character kind of uses coincidence and Christmas magic to just kind of, you know, guide her steps mm-hmm. in her life and guide her love life. And it's kind of really well done in that way yeah it is yeah like uh what what do you think about that with uh using christmas magic to try to steer us away from christmas magic yeah i think that was interesting because what happened was that so the little toys mm-hmm. would match up with something that happened that day that she in her mind related to this really really cute guy yeah but and so she's like it's fate because that's how my grandparents met yeah and it's like all this stuff and um but then she realizes when everything comes together, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, it still relates, but in a totally different way. Like she was right. using those clues to her own advantage to get what she thought she wanted. Mm-hmm. So. No, I agree. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that like the reason why I like this movie as a Christmas movie is that it actually uses Christmas themes all throughout the movie. Yeah. To actually drive its points. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Elf a lot. That's, that's why I think Elf is a yardstick because uh, without Christmas in that movie, the movie is nothing. Yeah. And just like last Christmas, I didn't give it four out of ten jingles because if there was no Christmas, it would be just another rom-com. Yeah. But if Whereas this, the whole movie is centered around a Christmas thing yeah and that's the thing it's like like, advents at christmas that's you can't have this movie without that calendar so it's really cool to see that christmas and the advent calendar was the driving force behind Mm -hmm. this story and christmas was the theme yeah uh it wasn't the entire theme like elf was but in a sense like it was the main driver behind this movie mm-hmm. it, it was the it was the catalyst behind this movie and i and i really appreciated uh that in this kind of way and like i said before i think it's very cool that they used christmas magic to say stop using christmas magic to drive your life yeah it's it's a, it's a really very i don't want to give it too much depth but it, it is a very yeah. interesting and um, it's a nice movie. It's a nice, sweet movie. Yeah. Now, that brings us to our final uh, ranking oh, of this. Oh, it also has the grandpa from um, This Is Us. Yes. So that brings us to our final <laughs> uh, ratings. Uh, out of 10 jingles, 10 being elf, what do you give this? I gave it a six. Okay. So did I. Because... It, like we said, it was very good. It was Christmassy. It gave you that Christmas magic feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I didn't give it like a 10 or anything higher was because if Elf is the yardstick, it didn't have all that crazy Christmasness. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And like when I think of Christmas movies, I think of Santa Claus mm-hmm. and National Lampoon and Elf. Yeah. And then the little claymations. And this didn't have that element. It was another Christmas Hallmark movie. It was set during mm-hmm. Christmas. So it was still Christmassy, but it wasn't like Christmas in your face. Yeah. 
And that's just it. I, I also gave it a six out of ten. It was just above average, like the average Christmas mm-hmm. film. It didn't like blow me away like you said. Yeah. But it wasn't underselling Christmas like last Christmas mm-hmm. was or or any kind of other movie. What was the one movie that we gave a two out of ten? Um can't remember anymore. It's in my was notes. Is that the Christmas Prince? Yes, it was the Christmas Prince. Yeah, because <laughs> Christmas is in like one scene. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that, but this was the driving force yeah. behind this Christmas movie. Christmas was the whole... You can't have this movie without Christmas. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on uh, Holiday Calendar. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very nice movie to watch. Put it in it the is. background. Get in the holiday spirit. I, I you know... It's, it's, like we said, it's like a Hallmark movie. You can turn it on smack dab in the middle. doesn't matter. Have it yeah. on while you're baking cookies, and you'll still know what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. I took like two bathroom breaks and I didn't miss anything. Yeah. yeah. Which, and again, that's, that's why we're doing Christmas movies different because during a normal movie, that would be bad mm-hmm. and it would get a lot lower of a score than six. Yeah. But since it's a Christmas movie, it's good. Yeah. But that's our thoughts. Um, yeah. I think this is a good time to move into our second segment. Top three gaming news. Usually the top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we, you know, usually like to rank a three, two, one, just to give you usually a condensed version of usually the gaming news. But today, unlike usual, uh, we're actually going to give our thoughts about the game awards and, you know, a couple different announcements that we thought were, you know, kind of highlights for us personally. Yeah. Good or bad. So I want to quickly go through this because I don't want to take up too much time because, you know, our audience is mostly Life is Strange fanatics. So what's up, everybody? So we won't take up. That's why we put timestamps. Yeah, there are timestamps linked down below. below Um, Yeah. Cool. Um, (laughs) But let me go through some of the quick announcements and then we're going to go through some of the winners that, that, uh, you know, stood uh, stood out to us. Go at them. Uh, first things first, let's talk about Xbox Series X and that monolith that was revealed. So <laughs> I'm pulling up a picture right now. Because uh, we forgot what it looks like? Well, no, I just I just keep looking at it. <laughs> I was at work today, and I just had an image of it, and I just kept looking at this thing. And it's not that it's a bad design. I want to know what the dimensions are. Like, how big is this well, thing, really? Shipwreck, who is actually an engineer, Shipwreck from the CADcast, he's an engineer, and he said, based on this image alone, he estimates that it's 10 inches high, 5 inches across, and 5 inches, like, yeah, 10 by 5 think, by 5. So, if that's the CD slot. Right. It's double a disc. That's what he was doing, yeah. yeah. So, I was just looking at it, I was like, yeah, so it's probably a two discs high, one disc thick. Yeah, 10 inch by five by five. Yeah. I don't know what to think about this. Like, that's the thing. Like, it came out, and one, I don't like the name, but here's the other thing. Yeah, I don't either. think that's the official name. Name's it's, too long. Well, like, here's the thing. I, I'm not going to take up too much time about this um, because there's a lot more to talk about in the Game Awards, but uh, Series X, Series X, It's. I don't think it's going to be called... I really don't think it's going to be called Series X because Phil Spencer said that the next Xbox is going to be titled in what it can do. Series X doesn't really stick out to me like what this system can do. And we've already known that there's two systems uh, being put out, Project Anaconda, Project Lockhart. 
I think Series X has to do with the two consoles. Like, think of it as Project Scarlet mm-hmm. Series X. And what we're seeing right now is Project Anaconda. We haven't seen Lockhart. So by series, I think it's going to... I don't think that's the name of it. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. I think you have too much confidence in Xbox. I have... No, it's not that I have confidence <laughs> in Xbox. I have confidence in Phil Spencer. I think you have too much confidence in Phil Spencer. Well, I mean, Phil Spencer really yeah. stepped into the, the the spotlight of Xbox and really yeah. changed the... It really changed it from the original Xbox One. And I th- yeah. and I th- I don't think Phil Spencer would make this... I'm going to say it, this dumb of a choice of a name. If it actually is... He made is, that dumb of a choice of a console. I still don't know what to think about it because a <laughs> lot... It is very cool looking. Yeah. Like, it's and, very cool. And a lot of people are just saying that it is basically just a PC. It's it, like the internals yeah. of it is like a PC. Yeah, because it's vertical. Well, no, no, like the well, in, internals. Well, yeah. Not but, because it's just vertical. Yeah, but... Mm-hmm. I still keep thinking about like everyone's gonna have to change their entertainment center shelves. Yeah, because uh, I mean this thing is big and vertical. It will probably go sideways. But if it's meant to, but it's meant to be vertical, and you always put it. Well, I mean, meant to because it's now. Hang on, things. The Xbox 360 was meant to be vertical, and it just. It was not meant to be vertical. Um, like the 360 was advertised as always vertical, mm-hmm. and it actually destroyed your discs if you put it vertical. Same thing with yeah. PS2. PS2 actually stands up vertical, but you know people didn't do that. I I think I don't know. Still, it's I don't know. I, I yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. But moving on to the other uh, talking point. Um, okay, really quickly. Man Eater, Man Eater got a release date, May twenty second, twenty twenty. I'm so excited for Man Eater. He I, was like dying. I was like, okay, dear. Because I've been waiting for a release date <laughs> for this game for so long. It's a shark game. It is. It is untitled goose game with I a know. shark. And I'm saying it. It looks. Fun, but I just think it's funny how excited you are I'm for so it. I'm so pumped. Man Eater Game of the Year 2020. Oh get my out goodness. of my way, no. Cyberpunk 2077. No. Get out of here. Man you Eater. Get out of here. Man Eater. Gimme, gimme. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, the other thing is we finally got you know a release window for uh, Ghost of Tsushima. That looks so good. I'm, I'm actually really... Okay, so... All joking aside about Maneater, I'm very excited for Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on Japanese culture. Um, I don't like anime. I don't read manga. I I don't I don't care if you do. I really don't. But when it comes to samurai, it's it's game over for me. I I love samurais. I mm-hmm. I'm not a big ninja person, but samurais for me is where it's at. I don't know why. I I also hate Disney. Sue me. He's just weird. I'm I'm weird. I'm not trying to say that Japanese culture is like stupid or anything. I'm really not saying that. It's but just not our taste. Yeah, it, it's too over the top for me. Most most things are Japanese. I don't like Persona. I don't like Danganronpa. I just don't. But Ghost of Tsushima is what's for me. 
And I think this game looks absolutely gorgeous. I think the gameplay looks really fun. And just the character of the ghost of Tsushima is mm-hmm. just so cool. And mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I really enjoy what this game can offer and the beauty of this game. Mm-hmm. And the release window is summer 2020, which is I th- I, it's good for me. Because summer, not a lot goes on. Not a lot of games are released during the yeah. summertime. So I'll have a lot more time to play this, and I'm very excited. I'm yeah. I'm definitely going to pre-order this. I really, really want to play it, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Count me as super excited for Ghost of Tsushima. So, uh, and then also, last thing, and then we're going to go through some of the winners here, some of our reactions. Uh, Wolf Among Us 2 yeah. is official. Uh, a lot of people weren't expecting that at mm-hmm. all. I mean, we were kind of thinking about it because Wolf Among Us, after Telltale, you know, went under. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen to Wolf Among Us too? And then the announcement came, and Telltale, whoever I forget who bought Telltale, we actually reported it on the show, but yeah, uh, they actually came up and said uh, Wolf Among Us too. Now yeah. the now the people who bought it, I remember saying. I remember them saying that they're not going to do episodic releases. They like the idea of binge watching. So mm-hmm. it's probably going to be an episodic kind of. But released all at once. Right. Yeah. It's all going to be released in a box. And instead of levels, there's going to be episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's just my thing. I can't talk too much about this because all we got was a title. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. So we'll see what happens with this. But pretty cool. I'm very excited about that yeah. news. I feel like I need to go play Wolf Among Us first. Yeah. Herps. <laughs> so many things to play. I think I have it. Good. I think I do. I just can't remember on what console. <laughs> um, Too many. I know. Uh, so let's go through some of the winners of the Game Awards. Let, let, let's talk about this. Um, first and foremost, best narrative. Um, well, let me pull yeah. up on Game Awards. But best narrative actually went to Disco Elysium. Yeah. Which... I'm very excited about. Like, I, I think... Okay, so I didn't play Disco Elysium. I know ACG... I know ACG uh, kept going on and on about, like, how everybody needs to play this. Um, yeah, now I'm thinking he's right. Yeah. It, it, it won a couple things. It, it won... Yeah, I think it won two things. Yeah. So, what was it up against? Trying to... There it is. Okay, narrative. So, it, it won against... A Plague Tale Innocence, which is crazy. That looked really good, too. It won against Death Stranding. Yeah. We definitely, we thought this was going to be just like last year. Yeah. And Death Stranding was going to dominate everything. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't. Uh-oh. I almost bumped it down. Um, Yeah. But, like, that's the thing. Uh, like, Disco Elysium won Best Narrative against Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, A Plague Tale Innocence, and Control. Mm-hmm. But, like, here's the other thing. It also won a fresh indie game. Mm-hmm. So that took it away from Goose Game, which is really cool. And Outer Wilds and uh, Grease, uh, My mm-hmm. Friend Pedro, uh, Slay the Spire. Like, that's a thing. I ignored. Like, we, dis- yeah, I was going to say, we, like, didn't really think they were going to win much when we did our thoughts. Yeah, because I thought that. I don't know. It was more of a niche market disco Elysium. Yeah. And now I'm more excited to play this game. Mm-hmm. I really do want to play this. 
And I, I, I feel like I didn't really give it its shot, give it its chance, because I was like, I'll play it eventually. Yeah. So I think this is going to be like my new Celeste, where I didn't give Celeste a, yeah. enough of a chance, and I'm going to buy Disco Elysium, and it's going to be like, why didn't I give this another the shot? Awards really just made me depressed because why? <laughs> because there's so many games I need to play. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to get up. into that. Well, I'm still catching up. Yeah. From like years ago before I was playing games and there's these games that all came out that I want to play that I didn't even remember being announced because I have a bad memory and mm-hmm. and then they announced more games that I want to play. I'm never never gonna catch up, guys. <laughs> talk about depression. <laughs> Let's talk about art direction and um I was I think you should still paint your nails. No, no, that's for game of the year. I know, I still think you should do it. No. Because what you won and didn't win. No. What? No. Two punishments. No. <laughs> I don't care about game of the year. But here's the thing. What I was upset about with art direction was that Control won and it beat out Greece. Yeah. Greece is all art. Like the entire game. Well, it's all art. Look, that's the thing. No, like I'm just saying that like <laughs> Greece. No, I know. It's, it's more... Of it's it's water paintings like the whole levels yeah. are just like the the entire game is it's all about artsy. colors it's an artsy game like look at this i i know what it looks like yeah <laughs> wait who just gave pc gamer gave it a 66 get out of here pc gamer get out of here nonsense but like that's the thing is that like it's so beautiful the music beautiful. like that's the thing there's no dialogue all it is it relies on the watercolored art yeah and it's unique in its style and its format like look at that but it looks like parchment like not everyone liked it well objectively they're wrong and i was very upset and that's the thing is that like i, I don't know go control like Remedy, like they're all people, they're all humans, they're they're all excited they about their win. Hard. They worked hard. I I know like, that. Nothing to take away from them, but. But I tweeted out saying that like I was about to pull a Kanye West on the Taylor Swift that is control and say, "Yo, Greece had better art style." Huh. And I was I was so upset. I was really upset that Greece didn't win art direction. But I mean, whatever. It doesn't really affect me. But it does affect the um, the artist of Greece. So there's that. So from there, okay, it's not okay. Uh, but I from there, you. let's go for games of, uh, for impact. And oh, look what won Greece! Hooray! Yeah, we were actually very surprised. Yeah, that's the thing is that I, when we talked about the game awards mm-hmm. here, I thought that any of these games would be like fitting winners. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing. Greece, though, to win uh games for impact, I, I you know I, I you know I can appreciate that, but I I kind of still wish I'd see if Solitude won yeah. because of how oh my god that 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 tore me up. Yeah, Sea of Solitude. If you didn't watch or or listen to our episode about Sea of Solitude, um, if I remember, I'll link it up here. Go Adam. Let's see if he remembers. Um. But that's the thing. It tore me to pieces because it was so real yeah. in its themes. And Greece was too. Greece was, and that's why it was like like awesome. Like it won. Yeah. 
Greece was also I I it, it's a a beautiful game about losing your voice in the struggles of life. But I think it should have won art direction, and I think Sea of Solitude should have taken games for impact or even yeah. Concrete Genie. Um, but that's the thing is that like at least Greece won something. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're calling it Gris. Uh, Greece is the Spanish word for gray. And that's the other thing. The whole theme is that there's colors and life is honey, gray. Honey, we're, we're not talking about art direction anymore. I hate my life. I know. Anyways, okay. but so Greece won games for impact. So at least it got that. Mm-hmm. Now going into best performance. Okay. So one thing I got it right. Mads Mikkelsen won. Uh, we wanted Ashley Birch to win this, but Mad- Mads Mikkelsen did win this. Now, let's talk about something about um, the best performance. Is that it was totally skipped over. You remember this? Yes, I do. Like, it was one of those things where like... It was um, like they announced it the same way they announced like um, esports stuff. Yeah, like all the esports things. Like, a best esports player is this guy. Yeah, they get that one... Favorite esports player. Yeah. Oh, it's um that guy. Like Hooray. he got up to go. He got to go up on stage and make a speech, but best performance didn't. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it was just like, oh, let's talk about best indie game. Oh, it's this guy. Oh, let's talk about best performance. It's this guy. Oh, let's talk about yeah best like, shooter game. Oh, it's this guy. And here's the problem. And a lot of people had problem with Jeff Keighley kind of skipping over best performance that. If the whole point of the Game Awards is to put a serious light on video games, then you don't skip over one of the most important parts about video games is actors performing. Yeah. Like That's giving their heart That's not going to help people take this seriously if you're skipping over the people who make yeah. the game a game. Like that's the thing is that like it was just skimmed over and that's it. Yeah. Like what does that say about... And this is my thing with mm-hmm. the Game Awards. Yeah. Is that this thing was three hours long. It was three hours and, and yet they skipped this over. And most of it was announcements and trailers. Mm-hmm. But they skipped over like three quarters of the awards. Yeah. And so like my thing is like if this is an award show, if you're going to call it the Game Awards, mm-hmm. you have to put the awards first. They are the most important. Yeah. And then you do the trailers and things like that. Right. Like the we, we we want we get trailers and announcements at E3. The game awards are for the awards. We want to see people winning their awards and accepting them and yeah. yeah we watch it to, for an award show. You don't see trailers and things like that. Right. At the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's those things that it's like Yeah. That those things would help people take this more seriously if the if the yeah. game awards took it seriously the the last thing i'll say about this before we move on cuz kind of running out of time on this section yeah i still want to talk about game of the year um if if the game awards are supposed to be a celebration mm-hmm. of the year past why are we celebrating more of the future cuz all of these like like you said three mm-hmm. quarter it felt like three quarters of this was trailers for 2020 games and it mm-hmm. felt like more of a celebration of what's to come than what has been passed like i think we maybe saw six awards physically given yeah i mean 
I feel like that's an exaggeration, but you know, that's that's how it feels because I only remember trailers. Like yeah. we didn't even need to watch half of this. Trailers, announcements, and commercials, and it was just and like bands that didn't really serve too big of a purpose. We watched Beat 'em Ups is. Um, live stream yeah and he he had a great point when he was like when he was watching green day he's like i it's not that i don't like green day is that yeah. that's not what i'm here for <laughs> it's not what i tuned in for i didn't tune in for a concert i tuned in for the video games and that's the thing like you said it's three hours like they, do you know how much shorter this thing could be if they just did the awards yeah and i, and I think that should have been it is that like Maybe like, throw in some trailers now and again. Yeah, but, but it doesn't like, need to be three hours long. They could literally, if they wanted to, they could do this whole thing in an hour and a half. But like the fact that they skipped this over yeah. performance, yeah. actors, like the people who put emotions behind it, yeah. like really tells you where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. And that kind of upset me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, the two, uh, let's talk about uh, best direction get best game direction mm-hmm. and i think this was you know well won by death yeah. stranding i didn't no art direction <sighs> get out of here you didn't deserve it um but best game direction was mm-hmm. easily won by death stranding yeah I, I didn't play it but what death stranding went out to do was to create a unique game yeah i think it says a lot that's all i really need to say about it is that from Control to Resident Evil 2, I think Resident Evil 2 sh- could have won it. Not should have, but could have. Yeah. But Death Stranding, Kojima well had a... Nothing makes us angry about that. No, because Kojima had a vision. He had a direction. And he got what he wanted. It's exactly what he said it would be. Yeah. And I can't fault it for that. No. So um, but that's all I really need to say about it. I wasn't mad about that. I was just like... Yeah, the mm-hmm. the guy had a vision, he had a direction, and it was well executed. Whether you like the game or not, that was his direction. And I think that, you know, definitely won that category. Uh, but let's talk about game of the year. Yeah. We thought that Super Smash Brothers were gonna was gonna take this. Yeah. And it sucks that they didn't. Yeah. Because it didn't get its spotlights. I really I didn't feel passionately about any no. of the games that were on this year. Like last year we were like you really wanted Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man year. was my game of the year. I wanted Spider-Man for you, but when... um, Why is it disappeared? Mm-hmm. The one that won. God, of, God War? of War. When God of War won. When God of War won, we were so excited. Because yeah. We thought that game was great. We just mm-hmm. didn't feel passionately about it. but And we didn't think it was going to win. Yeah. But when it did, we were just like, yes, we were so excited, so mm-hmm. happy. Whereas this year, I'm just like, I didn't care if any of these won or not. Like, I didn't care either way. Yeah. Sekiro is a very good game. Yeah. And it's a beautiful game. It's got great art. Mm-hmm. And so I'm perfectly fine with that winning. Yeah, we watched some Let's Plays of it. I still haven't played it myself, but I'm definitely going to pick it up now. Yeah. I, I definitely. thought you did play it for some reason. No, we watched some Let's Plays of it because I wanted to see if I Aww. would play it. But it just came out at a time where life was kind of stressed out and I just yeah. never got the chance to. And it's been on sale and I just, uh, I got other games to play. But Sekiro, the fact that it won Game of the Year, is just like, it tells me that like, mm-hmm. you know what? If it won against Death Stranding... If it won against Resident Evil 2, yeah. if it won against Super, if it won against Outer Worlds, which was the obvious winner, but it clearly wasn't. 
quite. But Outer Worlds was not the clear winner. I'm just kidding around. But that's the thing is that now here's the other thing. Beat 'em ups also predicted that Sekiro would win this. Yeah. Um, I kind of put it down in the bottom. I didn't think it would be that well loved because it was so controversial in the way of should games be easier? Should games have a difficulty setting? But the fact that it's so well balanced that it won game of the year really says a lot about the game. You know, like it, Mm -hmm. it tells me that like, listen, whether or not you can play this game or not, it's so well balanced that 80 different gaming companies, you know, 80 different gaming outlets Voted this in as this is all around uh, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields is Sekiro. You know, makes me want to play it. And also, I already said before that um, samurais are the way to go for me. If you put in samurais, that that's 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 how you capture me. If you put in ninjas or anime or Monster Hunter World, didn't really get me. You put in Samurais, uh, it's 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 game over for me. But um, yeah, I'm you know I'm pretty okay with uh, Sekiro uh, winning game of the year. Pretty really, pretty really okay with that. <laughs> pretty really, because like Outer Worlds was my personal game of the year. Yeah, but just like last year, if my personal game of the year was Spider Man, there's no way Spider Man would have won. Yeah. Um. Out of Worlds was my personal game of the year, but now I definitely have to pick up Sekiro um, because I'm um, I always want to play the game of the year just to experience it for myself. So, yeah. uh, any other thoughts? Nope. Cool. But that's our <laughs> brief. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's our thoughts about the game awards. Uh, brief in the way of like this isn't like the whole gaming podcast topic. We, we took time to talk about it. And it was, you. and I was thinking about making that the big topic, but you know, a lot of uh, of our viewers, our listeners, do enjoy our Life is Strange episodes, and I yeah. think it's more important to give our whole Life is Strange two whole season thoughts. Yeah. So, let's just get into it with our final segment. Every single week here on the Games and Groceries podcast, we like to have a little talky time section about a certain topic in the gaming industry, whether it be about uh, female gamers, ga- game preservation. Uh, we just like to take 30 minutes or so just to, you know, have a little nice little uh, coffee table conversation. So we just played through Life is Strange, more specifically Life is Strange 2. Now, we've always had episodes about a certain episode, like our thoughts on episode one, episode two, blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to share with you our whole thoughts of the entire season. Like, we're not going to go into episode five as much. But, Um, I mean, it'll be part of it. It'll be part of it. Because it's part of the game. But let's just talk about this. So, right from the get-go, let's start a conversation with uh, how this all began with Life is Strange 1. Life is Strange 1 came out uh, September 2018. Mm-hmm. Around that time, September or October, I can't remember. Um, what did we really expect from this? Going into it from from Captain Spirit to Episode 1, what did we expect from this season? I 
Well, from Captain Spirit, I had no idea what to expect. I thought it was going to be about Captain Spirit. So yeah, true. There was that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect from this season. Yeah. Really, and then I mean, there were the theories once the patches came out. Yeah. And um, like the art for like Life is Strange and the is and the patch. oh the patches yeah, right 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 patch like the patch artwork, artwork. yeah. Like, like it was going to be about backpacking yeah, or like, like all I, these theories. Traveling, what's going on. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure which brother we were playing after we saw the brothers. Right. Because the way they described it was you're going to play the older brother, but the younger brother was the one with the power. And you're like, what? Yeah. Last time we played the person with the power. Yeah. So we were curious how that was going to work with gameplay. So really going into it, I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the fact that I'm playing a Life is Strange game, I'm expecting greatness. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like I was expecting to be really versatile. Yeah. Like I was expecting to be so like just into it and just mm-hmm. feeling it. Yeah. That's the thing is that like other Life is Strange games, like Life is Strange Season 1 and Before mm-hmm. the Storm really had you immersed in this character's life and and you lived the life of their struggles. Whereas I don't feel like, even though we had choices, I don't feel like I had... we're going ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, we're kind of going ahead of a conversation here. Um, But we're just talking about when it all began, what was our expectations and... I expected to be floored. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, because... From the first episode, it was about police brutality, mm-hmm. and especially in 2016. There was there was a lot of political drama going mm-hmm. on, and I was expecting to be floored as well. I was expecting to be kind of rocked in my belief system. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that like going into that now, why exactly? Now it's it's no mystery on this podcast. Uh, or in our Let's Plays, why exactly did this season feel slow or drawn out to us compared to season one and before the storm? I think it's because when you're playing the first season and before the storm, mm-hmm. one, the episodes weren't quite as long. Right. And two, I think it's because the whole time we were, I felt like we were really doing something. Mm-hmm. We were doing something that was driving the story. Right. Other than Bottles. Other than bottles, yeah. But yeah, even then, I was actively doing something. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, I just felt like the mini games were pointless, and mm-hmm. we were walking, and we were doing this, and yeah, I just, I just felt like I wasn't doing much. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like I was walking, and then it was a cutscene, and like, and I didn't feel like I have a lot of choice, and yeah, I just. I just feel like it was just because of the way the gameplay was. I think it was just the gameplay. It was most of it was walking. Yeah. And then it was and then it was talking. Yeah. Like that it was it. It was walking and talking and then a ton of mini games. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of exploration mm-hmm. like like the first season was. Mm-hmm. Uh the first season just felt more like I had choice of where I go and who I interact with and yeah. what happens here. But Life is Strange 2 felt a lot more linear. Yeah, like, yeah, you had a choice. You could go look around right. at things, but you have to talk to this person, and you have to talk to this person, and you have yeah. to do this. Like, like in my episode in Wastelands, yeah, where I did not want to go to the lake and talk to Cassidy, but mm-hmm. I still had to walk 
all the way to the lake and tell yeah. her, no, I'm not getting into the water just <laughs> so I can walk all the way back. Yeah. That was a lot. And for nothing. For no reason. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is that, like, you had to be in this place. You had to yeah. do... And that's the other thing. I, I don't think I think it felt long and drawn out for us. For me personally, I felt like it was long and drawn out because I wasn't really part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Not because there was a lot of cutscenes. Like Rules was by far the slowest episode. Yeah. And I even measured it that there was a there was a time where you can put down the controller for six and a half minutes. That's a long time in a video game, even for a narrative game. Yeah, that's like a Hideo Kojima game. <laughs> but like, I put that in controller, mm-hmm. and if it's a game all about choice, I should be interacting with the story. But not only that, not only with the lack of interaction with the game, yeah. but the, the, the episodes are months apart. Yeah. Whereas Life is Strange Season 1, it was the next day. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was in Max's life because it was Life is Strange season one. All five episodes were Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, set, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Yeah. Monday <laughs> through Friday, <laughs> you know, and I believe for, before the storm was also it was next day and Whereas next day and next this, day. It was. And yeah, I, I mean, that if that was if this whole game was done in one week, that would have been an insane week. And you can't get all the way to Mexico in a week. Well, yeah, but, I totally understand that. But they know that, which is why they had it skip months. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. It's like, if you can't do it in a way that makes sense, then maybe you shouldn't have done it. Maybe you should have chosen a different story. Yeah. You know? I still like one of our listeners, uh, Commander Nikki. Shout out. Uh, she pointed out that I, if, if it was called Life is Strange, the Wolf Brothers it would have been a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was called Life Strange 2, we expected a certain degree. Exactly, yeah. Of, like, immersion in this game. Because, I mean, that's the same thing with Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. We didn't expect the world because, one, it wasn't done by yeah the same people. Right. It was, and yeah, Deck 9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same group. So mm-hmm. we gave it a little more leeway. Right. Whereas this was... Deck nine. It was everything. No, it was don't nod. It was don't nod. Sorry. Yeah, don't nod. Yeah. It was don't nod. Mm-hmm. They did it. This was their story. It was following their other story. Then we expected it to be just as great. Yeah. And I just feel like they're like, we want to tell the story and they just kind of made it work. Yeah. Instead of really spending time and making sure it worked. And that's just it. Is that like, I don't know. It it felt long and drawn out just because I wasn't really involved in the process of, you know, Sean and Daniel. I felt like it was more passive. Yeah. And I wasn't really active in it. Now, I always like to start with the negatives before I get into the positive, because I think the negatives, um, I, I think, you know, leaving with the positives leaves that, you know, kind of taste in your mouth. And that's where the next point I want to go to. Were there any points of positivity in this sort of game. Like, were there any positives both in the gameplay and the story of this game? It's not all bad. It's not all bad. It's not. Like, what, w- what would you say? I've really enjoyed the last episode. Yeah, the last episode really wrapped up things If nice. they had done the same type of gameplay, the same type of choices yeah. that they had in the last episode, if they had done that throughout the whole season, mm-hmm. I would have loved it. And the last episode was not three hours long. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. Exactly. 
That's the other thing. These episodes were three hours. And they didn't need to be. I mean, given they weren't all three hours, some were two, two and a half. But that's a long time because yeah. you assume you're sitting down and playing an episode mm-hmm. together, like at the same time, like yeah. one sitting. But to sit there and play a game for three hours straight is mm-hmm. long. Even when you get told a movie's that long, you're like, ugh. That's long. So yeah. to expect someone to sit there and play a game that they have to truly focus on mm-hmm. for three hours is a lot to ask. But and we're talking about the positives, though. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Positives. <laughs> the last episode was great. Yeah. The first episode was pretty good. Yeah, the first episode... And you get leeway with first episodes because you still have to get to know the characters. And that's what you were doing when you were t- walking in the on on the hiking trail. Yeah. You were getting to know the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, that was okay. Um, That's really the only positive I can think of off the top of my head. Right. Is the last episode, that gameplay, that story was great. Even though you still didn't have a ton of choice, mm-hmm. I, ha- I felt like I was playing the game i felt like i had choice i felt like i yeah i made the decisions whereas i'm mm-hmm. not gonna go negatives because you told me to stay positive yeah stay positive here but like that's the thing is that i i think that the first episode really introduced characters well and like the yeah. text messages were realistic uh i i think the money mechanic like trying to preserve your finances mm-hmm. That was fantastic. And I think if it stuck with that, I would have had a more positive view on this game. But like the first episode was my yardstick. Um, Mm -hmm. It had a good driving force. It had a good uh, motivation for me to go forward. It had, you know, it had good momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the thing is that like, I I think that the first episode set things up very nicely. Almost too nicely. Almost too nicely. And I feel like it was kind of like, huh, spoiler alert, I did not like Last Jedi. hey But it was kind of like uh, The Force Awakens, where it yeah. set things up so nicely with J.J. And then Ryan Johnson ruined it all with the rules. But <laughs> that's the thing. Is that like I feel like that was The Force Awakens, where it's a lot of hope. It was a lot of uh, leeway. It was a lot of reasons to love this season. But then it kind of falls short as the season goes forward. But I think, I think the actual dialect and the and the actual social commentary of racism and uh, police brutality and the political climate nowadays, I think what it set out to do is to make a commentary of what's going on in the world currently from 2016 to now. I think it was done beautifully and i think it was done mm-hmm. what donut is re- very good for is it was told in a way that was realistic uh it understood what it was talking about and it really made you feel for the characters yeah. in that way uh especially the scene in faith uh episode four mm, that was a good episode too yeah long with, well faith was pretty good it, but it was yeah that was a good episode faith handled racism in the way of like the two hicks in the yeah. uh, in the desert, and one of them was trying to like bring them away. It was realistic in a way, like they weren't just two white guys out there. It was just making one... in front of them. Like, no, this is like it was one jerk. Yeah, and the guy was like, "Dude, you're you're going too far with this." 
And I think that was handled beautifully, and I think that was handled mm-hmm. realistically. Yeah, because in most cases, it's not a whole group of people. Yeah. It's usually someone who's super extreme and being yeah. an idiot. And and even the truck yeah. driver. Yeah. Like, I did not get in the truck driver's, like, truck at first because I was like, it's another white dude in this. But, like, I felt like Sean. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not trusting you, dude. But he turned out to be, like, the nicest guy. Gave you sandwich. He gave you a sandwich and it wasn't poisoned. But like, that's the thing is that like. Just drives around with a poisonous sandwich in his truck. Yeah. I think don't know what they set out to do is to feel for a character that has to deal with racism on a daily basis. It really made you be in his shoes, even just for a little while, just for a percentage. Mm -hmm. And just to understand what racism is like in the eyes of a Latino and everybody saying that this isn't his country. Yeah. You know, so I think what it set out to do is fine. I, yeah. Great even. And even the, the Christian cults, you know, it knew what it was talking about. Yeah. It knew exactly what it was talking about. And like you said, positive of how this all concluded, like the whole season, how it all concluded yeah. was beautiful. The final montage was just. Oh, my God. That tore me up. Oh, that that tore depressing. me up. If you're watching this on YouTube, hopefully um, Liz puts in a clip of me almost crying. Hopefully, if she remembers, just like if I remember, you know, little tags in the YouTube video. Anyways, um, but like, that's the thing. It it tore me up to the point of like, I really felt for Sean. I really Mm -hmm. felt for Daniel growing up. And that's the thing. I think it did that well. Yeah. Now, going into my final points here is that, you know, going about the, the, the positive the other side of this is that, yes, it did things well in its social commentary side, but the season also felt very preachy at times. Yeah. It didn't really interact with you. Okay, so in season one, it really dealt with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Uh, it even dealt with how, you know, you're a female and you're word against a man's uh, view. Yeah. You know, it did have social commentary in there. But because I had the controller, because I was the one interacting, that's why I felt less preachy. Yeah. But because I didn't have control and I didn't feel like I was a part of the story, that's why I felt preachy because yeah. I'm sitting there as the game is preaching at me and I don't have a controller in my hand. Yeah. What do you think? No, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know if I felt like I was being preached at. Um, But they did. You knew clearly what their message was in this season. Whereas in season one, you didn't think about what the message was. like. Not at first anyway. Yeah, because really at all. Because let me let me. Yeah. So when I was in school, Mm -hmm. you know, in your English class, you always read things. and It's like, all right, now what's the symbolism of this? My biggest thing is the symbolism of the stupid ducks and Catcher in the Rye. I yeah. hate that. You're right. They're ducks. Quack. I, I, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Another but, story for another time. <laughs> but I always hated talking about symbolism in books because I, as someone who's now writing a book, mm-hmm. I don't think about the symbolism behind the coffee shop that I'm writing in my book. Right. Like that's, there's not always symbolism behind everything. So I'm getting off track here. Mm -hmm. So, 
So when I'm watching something, I don't think about the symbolism behind things. I don't think about, oh, why'd they put that in there? Why like this? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So if I'm pl- I was just playing season one, I didn't think about that they were sending a message about suicide or anything. I was playing the game and I was invested in the game. I was invested in the in the lives of the people in the game. Yeah. I wasn't sitting there thinking about, oh, they're talking about this message. Oh, they're doing this. I just let it do what it was supposed to do. Right. Whereas in season two, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is what they're talking about. Like I it was very blunt. It. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was on the nose, I should say. Yeah, like they they were very upfront about it. It didn't blend with the story. It was very like, this is what we're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Where instead of trying to blend it into the story like they did in season one, that's yeah. my opinion. At least that's how I view it, as, like emotionally. I even like. Okay, I know you didn't like the whole um, dad sequences in Before the Storm. <gasps> I thought it was nice because like that's that's another metaphor for what's going on in in Rachel's head. I mean, um, Chloe's head, Um, like always thinking about her father and really just like trying to cope with that. But I love the one scene where, you know, he's he's watching a fire in the horizon and even the fire in before the storm was symbolism. Oh, yeah. Like in that way. But. When when um her dad's name William William thank you but when William said um when we look at um you know darkness we're blinded by it but but then he's saying like but when we stare at a fire you know we're also blinded with beauty mm-hmm. and it was just kind of um the symbolism of like the more we look at Rachel in this way, the more we look at this fire, we're blinded by her beauty and we don't actually see the danger that's coming for us. Mm-hmm. We were blinded by us because Rachel was such a train wreck of, of, of a personality, but we were blinded so much about her and, and what she can offer. And, all. and there was a lot of metaphorical yeah. topics in before, and it just fit well within the story. Whereas I felt like I was preached at in Life is Strange season two, like what you said. Yeah, they didn't use metaphors. They didn't blend it with the story. They're it just, was just like, on the here nose. it is. Like racist hicks in the desert. Well, that was excellent. It, it just wasn't. Well, see, actually, that was one part that I didn't feel like I was being preached at. That one I thought blended fine. Yeah. I didn't have to think about, oh, this is what they're putting in. They just made it happen. Maybe I shouldn't say preached at more than yeah. it was just like. Like what you said, it just they, felt on the nose and blunt. And it I, was it was blunt. You knew exactly. You you sat there and you're like, wow. I wonder what they're trying to show tell me. Exactly. You know. Whereas in season one, you're like, huh, that was a nice game. You didn't even realize you were being taught a lesson. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you had to play it more and more times to see like, what does this mean? What does that mean? The storm represents something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storm represents. Um, I was actually gonna say like, this, there's a psychology game. With a with a desert island, I won't play it here. But um, I love that game. yeah, but there's a desert island game uh, that involves a cube, a horse, flowers, um, but it's all metaphorical and it all means something. Um, and that's what you know, Life Strange season one and before a storm was. Uh, and I just didn't feel a lot of that in this game. Because it, it just felt very like, yep, I understand. Yep, he's growing up. There were metaphors in season two. But just not as many as I'm used to in a Life is Strange game. And they weren't as subtle. Right. 
Now, we already talked about the ending and we felt pretty satisfied with it, right? Yes. Um, it almost made up for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I I really was satisfied with how this all ended. Yeah. Um, especially of how many endings there are in this game. Um, I, I, I think it really plays into the part of the the story behind all of season two was now here's the thing. Uh before we go into our final point, if we're talking about metaphors here, I think season two's biggest life lesson is that Life is full of, this is the first time I'm going to curse on this because there's no other way I can say this. Life is full of assholes. Yep. There are. Whether you're a white male or Hispanic woman, like it doesn't matter where you are in life. It really doesn't. There, There's always going to be people who are going to bring you down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can argue, argue white privilege. Fine. You do that. But there's always going to be people that bring you down in life mm-hmm. and a, and just really like shove you into the ground. By the end of the season, by the end of uh, season two, your ending matters of like, how did you deal with life? Yeah. It really goes into um, how do you react when these situations happen? Yeah. Do you go with them peacefully? Or do you go with them with aggression? Because in the end of the season, how you reacted to your life is exactly your identity moving forward. You are ending in our playthrough. We taught Daniel to be calm, be peaceful. Don't steal from these people. Yeah. Don't hate people. We taught people. him to be a good person despite bad people. And he grew up to be a barista. It was nice. But he grew up to be a very nice... Young man. Caring young man. Yeah. And... Whereas if you treat him to be a tough guy... Yeah. Guess what he ends up being? (laughs) Bayan, we're assuming. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I still haven't played my personal playthrough of it. I was going to say, most of how Daniel turned out was from me playing. Yeah. Because every time I chose something, you're like, oh. But, like, that's the thing, is that, like, it just... All that matters is, like... How do you react to life's people? But it's crazy because your reactions in this game doesn't affect your character. No. It's it's how it's your choices how they affect someone else. Yeah. And your choices will always affect it. It was like a double lesson. Yeah. About yourself and how you affect others. So that's what I think about this season is that like it really did impact how do you react to when life tears you to pieces doesn't matter what situation you're in how do you react yep and i think that's what's wrong with the today's era in 2019 everybody's at each other's throat and everybody's crying out like playing the victim card and that's why people are so at each other's throats because it's the way we react to each other yeah nobody can have a friendly conversation anymore everybody has to play the victim card and nobody wants to start an honest conversation mm-hmm. like what don't not wants to do uh but that's my take on it as a white male you can tweet at me oh at goodness. ace the grocer fight me there i will be at your throat but oh, <laughs> but um finally let's end this conversation by do we think there's going to be a life is strange three or should it be more of a subplot much like life is strange before the storm 
I hope there's a season three. Yeah. I hope they keep doing it, and I hope they get better. Yeah. I'm hoping that this was just a fluke. Okay. And not... Like, I hope season two was a fluke and not season one was a fluke. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, like, I hope season two is an exception and that's like the rest of them will be like season one mm-hmm. and not season one was so good, but that's not really what they're going to end up doing. So I'm hoping there's a season three because I love these games. I look forward to these games, even mm-hmm. though season two put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. It'll always be a bad taste in my mouth, despite the end, even though the ending was amazing. That's always. I just. Yeah. I just love these games and I hope they don't stop making them. I don't need any extras on this season though. Not yeah. I don't need anything like before the storm. Please don't make any more on these character. I don't I don't need it. Well, that's a problem with a lot of sequels is that the problem is that the first iteration, whether it be a movie, mm-hmm. a game, a book, when something's successful, it can almost be catching lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It can't be repeated. And I think um, what just what just came out? Oh, Ghostbusters! Like when Ghostbusters first came out in the eighties, uh, even the 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 director said like that can't be redone. That's literally like catching lightning, but he didn't think it would work. It, it was lightning in a bottle. In the same way with the original Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. I don't think we should have repeated it. I because I, I, I think the original Star Wars, Star Wars: A New Hope was lightning in a bottle and now we're really playing it out and that's what's happening i think with life is strange is that life is strange the first game caught lightning in a bottle yeah before the storm for me was really good but then life is strange 2 kind of wore me was down. A letdown. but i think that if it became a subplot like if it was Life is Strange, the Wolf Brothers, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Yeah, like a little extra to get you through. Yeah, kind of like three episode little mini games. Yeah. And just to see, you know, different characters within this universe, mm-hmm. I think would suffice for me personally. Yeah, and that's the other thing why I do think there'll be a season three, mm-hmm. because they're working to make this a universe. Yeah. Like, so I doubt they'd stop with, oh, only two people got powers. Yeah. So I definitely think there'll be a season three. And then there will be Avengers Life is Strange. Where Pretty much. Max and that Daniel. That would be awesome. <laughs> Except for I don't want them to fight together. Yeah. I just I just like Captain Spirit. I just like the idea that all these people are dwelling within the same universe. That's mm-hmm. all. But But if they do make a season three, they need to start putting in people from their previous seasons in the next season more often. Like mm-hmm. we got one person from season one and it was at the last episode. And I just didn't unacceptable. Like, and I just didn't like how he fit in. It did, yeah. It didn't make they didn't. It didn't make sense. It didn't fit his character. Even if he did go through some personal changes, mm-hmm. it was too much, too fast for that character. You want to? That's all I have to say about that. You want to end this conversation now? Sure. Yeah, I think that's all we need to say. About yeah, this. I think I think we've said our piece. Yeah, because we could just sit here and repeat ourselves for the next three hours. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on Life is Strange Two. As a whole season, mm-hmm. like as as a season as a whole, not just episode five, but like what we thought of the entire season. Yeah. So uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation here. Uh, if you did, definitely write in the comments down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, what did you think about Life is Strange 2? Your, your whole thoughts, whether you agreed or disagreed. I want to have a friendly conversation with you, honestly. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes or, or anything, you can tweet at us. At Gaming Groceries, you can contact me on email, contact at gamesgroceries.com. 
Uh, I'm at Ace the Grocer. I'm at Journey First. So definitely have a conversation with us. We encourage it. So, um, but yeah, we want to hear all your thoughts down in the comments, in our Twitters, in our emails. We want to hear from you. So, um, but yeah, so before we end our conversation here, um, I, I said I would talk a little bit about, uh, the video I, I put out on Twitter saying that like, uh, I want you to share our stuff very briefly before we end our conversation. Uh, I get a lot of DMS. I get a lot of emails. I get some comments saying like, man, like you, you guys are really good. I love the sound quality. Why don't you get enough views? First and foremost, uh, we've been on the platform for four or five months. The algorithm yeah. hasn't picked up on us. That's pretty much why. Yeah. Uh, as much as I try to put in the right tags, the right titles, a good thumbnail, the algorithm hasn't picked up on us yet, first and foremost. Second of all, um, I'm okay with us not having a lot of views right now because we're still in kind of like the dress rehearsal yeah. aspect of YouTube. Like we're still trying to figure out our our voice and how we act and what kind of content we want. So if thousands of people watched us during practice, that would just give me anxiety. I'm not ready for the big time yet. And but but here's the thing. If you are thinking that we are, you know, ready for more views, share our shows. Yeah. Please. Share our videos. Because like I said, like the algorithm is still picking up on us. But the best way that you can, you know, help us reach that view count is that tell your friends about us, tweet about us, uh, share your favorite thoughts about our podcast with your friends. And they'll be like, wow, I want to hear that podcast or I want to watch that midweek speak or that let's play. Definitely uh, consider that. Uh, But here's the thing. It really means a lot to me when I get those like nice emails and those nice uh, direct messages. Yeah when we read those comments it yeah. really does and even the negatives the the negative comments at least i know at what least I'm we do- know how you feel exactly we but, know what to improve on but i really want to talk with you the reason why we started this youtube channel and the podcast is that i want to talk with you i want to build mm-hmm. a relationship with you so if you're listening to this and you're constantly listening to this you know send me an email you know, if you don't want to tweet at me, and I understand that, um, email me. Contact. Even if you just want to say hi. Yeah. Like, just say, hey, loving the show. Doing great. Or, hey, hate your show. You suck. That's okay, too. Contact at gamesgrocers.com. <laughs> so, that's all I really, really have to say is that, like, if you really enjoy us, share our show. But understand that we're still working on mm-hmm. making better content so that the algorithm does pick up on us. So... Uh, we're still in practice mode, but we really do appreciate how much uh, you're enjoying the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's all I really have to say about that. A little brief. I shared a one-minute video because I shared a three-minute video, and Instagram's like, now one minute. I'm like, I have a lot more to say. Use your story. Oh, yeah. True. I started using the story on mine the other day. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so... That's the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. You can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games Games and Groceries, all one word. But check out our website, GamesandGroceries.com, where you can read that article that I wrote about the uh, video game trailer, I Am Jesus Christ, and how I interviewed the 
uh, developer behind that. And uh, definitely hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out. So uh, with all that said and done, let's uh, let's get out of here. So thanks again for listening this week. We hope to have you back next week. Have a good week. Bye.